Hey friends, welcome to Naked in Truth, the podcast that's designed to open up your mind to help you break down walls and barriers in your life that you might not even know exist yet. But don't worry, every wall that we break down together on this podcast allows you the opportunity to level up and create your impact. With that being said, I think it's time for us to get honest, vulnerable, and naked in truth. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Naked in Truth podcast. It is me, Sari D, and I'm so excited to be back with you guys again this week because we have another special guest. And if I can be honest, 2020 and 2021 has been a bit of a dumpster fire, and it has brought on all sorts of emotions, emotions like anxiety and depression. And that is what our guest speaker is here to talk on today. So I am so stoked to have Tyler, the owner of Lasting Change Coaching, who is a human behavior specialist. And you guys might know him on Instagram as the Why Guy Ty. So Ty, do you want to say hey to everybody and let us know how did you get into this cool career? Yes. Oh my God. I'm so excited to be here. So first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity. This is like everything I've ever wanted to do in my life. Um, So essentially... For me, this journey started, um, to make the long story short, when I was getting into high school, I saw that everybody claimed to be depressed and anxious and bipolar and the whole nine yards. And obviously, I didn't understand anything I do now. But I remember just seeing it. And I was like, they didn't seem to be depressed to what I thought that would look like. They didn't seem anxious. They seemed like they were in a great time. Okay. And so it just made me curious to know, because I was like, well, I've been depressed before. I've had anxious moments. But why is it that I kind of came back and I didn't claim to have it. And so I made me very curious to help people through this. And then I wanted to become a therapist. And for anyone who's listening, who is either seeing a therapist or is a therapist, I mean this in the kindest way. When I say that I didn't like how long they were spending there. I just didn't like that. And I was like, there's gotta be some faster way, even though I didn't know what that was. So I started studying under two people, as you guys listen to the podcast, probably know their names, Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonna's. And I found out that they were like getting results for people like, like this. And I mean that quite literally, like in one session, the change of the last thing I was like, what are they doing? Yeah. So when I figured that out for myself, I changed everything in my life emotionally. And then I was able to help other people. And I was like, you know what, this is lighting my soul on fire. I need to show people what's truly possible. And in the beginning, I'm not going to lie, the amount of pushback and like, you don't know what the. Yeah, that's okay. This is explicit. You can totally swear on here. So you're good. You're good. <laughs> you notice that pause? I was like, I didn't ask her that beforehand. So <laughs> I was like, I, I, they were like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Tyler. You know, you have, you're not a doctor. I was starting at uh, 19 years old. They're like, you're 19, wow. you're a kid. You don't of know course. anything. And I was like, well, I know that you're doing your fucking anger right now. That's not happening to you. You chose that. So there's Bond. that. And then, you know, um, just to give some more context to what I do, it's not just around um, anxiety and depression and things of that nature, but I did realize that those patterns of emotions were related to our relationships and we get stuck in these patterns and stuff that we'll go on, um, you know, we'll go in deeper in the podcast, but they would be like, you know, I'd help people with their marriage and they're like, Tyler, you're 20 years old. What do you know about affairs? What do you know about relationship? Like you're a kid. I'm like, (laughs) like, well, I know you're on your fourth marriage with four different kids. So I'm like, I might know something you're not aware of. I might've learned something that you just didn't get the seminar on. So totally for me, it was like, 
I'm very facetious. People on social media and you, we all probably know I deal with problems in a humorous, very paradoxical way, the ways that people wouldn't expect. So I'm very funny about it, but I do want to be honest. Like I care about people so deeply and I fucking hate seeing people suffer. My entire mission is to show people how you can end suffering in a moment. And for any human being I can do that with, I am here and I got you. That's what I'm all So good. I love that. That is absolutely great. So honestly, when it comes to anxiety and depression, do you think that it's something that all of us potentially deal with in some way or at some point in our life? Or is this only for a certain group of people you think? If you asked me a while ago, I might've said it was certain people, but no, everybody deals with this at some level. And in fact, when people come to see me, I always ask them so I can have kind of a reference in my mind for the way that they're perceiving their own problem or their own anxiety or depression. I'll ask them on a scale of like one to 10, where would you say it is, right? Because yeah. if I, if you say I'm super anxious or super depressed, well, to the other person, that might mean you're a little depressed compared to theirs. So I want to yeah. have a reference for where they believe it is. And when they tell me, well, it's like a three or four, I'm like, oh, so you're a human experiencing life. Like that's not, there we go. that's, sincerely that's not a problem if you're going there all the time and you want to reduce it we can show you how but sincerely like you need some amount of uncertainty in your body to feel alive inside you need that like guys i'll tell you guys right now as i'm recording this with this amazing woman here i have what people would call anxiety in my body but i don't choose to label it that way thus it's excitement i've chosen to label it something different which again we'll go into later but the word you attach to your experience become your experience biochemically mm-hmm. and so when we can start to understand this like i feel quote unquote anxiety all the fucking time but it's not anxiety it's i'm fucking excited i'm ready to go this is going to be amazing and so everybody experiences loss which is what depression is it's the illusion of loss of something special it's the illusion of loss or that we'll never have something or we have less it's a perception in our mind And that meaning will always create depression. And when we feel like we're powerless to change it, that's when people start really suffering. So we're all going to experience that at some time in our life. The question is not only what you're going to do about it, but the question is, are you willing to find the answer and realize that you're not, that's, that doesn't define you. Yes. Are you willing to put in the work to change it? Right? Yes. And the biggest thing for me, it's the smallest distinction, but I find it's the smallest distinction in life that makes the biggest impact in your life or other people's. And I tell people, depression and anxiety are very real experience and emotion, but they're not who you are. So people will come to me and say, Tyler, I'm a depressed person or I'm an anxious person. And I will tell you, no, you're experiencing that. Even if you're at the point where you want to take your life, you're experiencing that. And that experience is extremely real. And we're going to help you with that. But the first step is realizing that is not you. And that does not define you. You're going through that experience. We can shift your experience, but we can't change who you are. That's so true. And I think that we do, we, we put this label on ourselves. and, you, you know, as somebody who has very much dealt with depression and anxiety from a very, very young age, it is something that you do kind of just like label yourself as right. Because you know that you can always become victim to it. And that's why I'm so excited about this podcast is that even though I've learned so many different tips and tricks throughout the year, uh, throughout the years to be able to manage this myself without medication, without a psychiatrist. And don't get me wrong. We're not here to say that those things are bad and that you shouldn't do them overall. Like everything, everything works different for other people. But at the same point too, I think that we need to make sure that we are in charge of our emotions and who we are as people. And that's what we're really here to teach you on this podcast is how you can take over these emotions yourself 
and not define yourself as that overall. So I'm so excited to get into this further with you. Yes. It's so big. And like I tell people, like the strongest force in the human personality is the need to stay consistent with how you define yourself. And so you could be super fucking happy. You could be aroused. You could be excited. You could be all the beautiful things in the world. But if you define yourself as I am an anxious or depressed person, not I'm experiencing this. I, I, that is who I am. You're always going to go back there because that's kind of where your, your waterline settles and who you are. So we, if we didn't know who we were, we wouldn't know what the fuck to do. That's so, very true. I am statements are so powerful. Oh my God. They literally define every thought, every behavior, every decision, everything you'll ever do in your life. That'll be your waterline and you will fight that to the end. People will die to maintain an identity. This is why I'm drinking water. People will die to maintain an identity. Yeah. So like people ask me all the time, first of all, Tyler, are you always so happy? The answer is fuck no, but I don't stay in suffering. I let myself feel it for like 90 seconds. And Mm -hmm. neuroscience has showed, uh, has shown studies that when an emotion goes through your body, because you had a thought or whatever the fuck it is that, that triggered that feeling. If you, for like 90 seconds, just feel it. Like let it go through your body. After 90 seconds, the only way you can continue feeling those chemicals in your body is if you keep thinking about the same thing or focusing on the same thing that made you feel that. So you yeah. keep re-triggering it. Yeah, it's not absolutely. The and like, that's the thing. You got to make sure that you acknowledge your emotions without becoming victim to them. Like it's okay to feel these types of things. Like Tyler said, life is stressful. You're going to get hit with anxiety and depression at different points of your life, but that doesn't mean that that needs to be you. And so when I think about you and your clients, what do you feel like this past year has really shown you as a coach? That is a similarity in a lot of cases that you see with depression and anxiety. Oh, that's a great question. So first of all, amen for asking good questions because quality questions equals quality answers. So I think the biggest thing for me, as simple as this sounds, I try to make the, I try to, you know, um, simplify the biggest answers to the smallest things so people actually understand it and they can do something with it. And what I've noticed for me, this is going to trigger a lot of people and I'm excited that it will because I like stirring up the things people don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. Half kidding. Half kidding. What I I've got noticed it. is through people going through job losses or through people going, you know, they're searching, they were at least before in the midst of this, it's, we're always getting to the end, it feels. But um, when it was at its peak, the worst in COVID, people were so like stuck in their homes and in close quarters and there was so much uncertainty and there was so much going on that we went into a state of fear. Mm-hmm. And in a state of fear, we're going, it's going to lead us to anxiety. It's going to lead us to feeling depressed, especially if we feel like we can't do anything about it. And the number one thing I told all my clients, and I've noticed this in myself too, and I worked with people again, who are suicidal, the whole nine yards. And as bad as this sounds, I say this because the truth will set us free is that the only way you can continue to feel those things is if you focus on yourself, what you don't have, what's missing, what's going wrong with you. But I always tell people who are at their lowest moments and my Instagram, I'm telling you guys this too. And anyone else who's hearing my voice, seeing my face right now, as I say this, when you step out outside yourself and you help someone who is in a worse off position, it gives you a sense of meaning in your life. And in that moment, you will feel good, like very good. There's no positive thinking. It's no bullshit. It is, you will actually start to feel meaning in your life. And that becomes more addicting than your problem. I want to say one other thing on this. Guys, I am so direct and I understand that. But again, the truth will set you free. The only time in your life that you can't solve your problems, such as anxiety or depression, we'll stick to that topic, obviously. Anytime that you feel you can't solve your problem, it's nothing outside of you. It's meeting some of your needs. Mm. And so we get kind of habitually addicted to feeling it. That's what's going on, right? But you can, we all have the ability to either shift 
the environment to some level to meet how we want it to be, or, and, or you could do both shift either the environment to be kind of more how you'd like it to be or shift how you believe it should be. And if you shift them both a little bit, you'll find happiness a lot quicker. Very good. I love it. Okay. So you brought up something really good. Like you had mentioned that during this time, especially at the peak, when we were locked in our homes, um, you know, we were starting to become fearful. And at that point too, because these fears were coming up, we were actually losing part of our identity, which you say, at least you did earlier in this podcast of how important that is and how much we put up pride to make sure that we keep that identity essentially. Right. So not only are we losing our identity, but now we're creating, creating fear in our lives. And when you are fearful or you are stressed, those are the two worst times to ever make a decision. Decision. So if you're making any type of decision in your life period, you're probably not making one that's good to your identity and is not bringing you a lot of confidence overall to who you are as a person. So that's one thing that I really got from something that you said there and, and just earlier on in the podcast too. So I just want to mention that there. So I, I think that that's great. And I think that everybody is looking for happiness as if it's almost like this light switch and you just like flick on the light and you're like, okay, cool. I'm happy for the rest of my life. And what would you speak about happiness and how you actually create that in life and, and what it actually is? That's what I want to know. What the fuck is happiness? Mm, amen. Pen drop. So oh. there's, I, I made a post about this um, a couple of weeks ago and it's the first time I ever did it, but I just didn't think my audience wanted to hear it. And then it turns out they fucking loved it. So here we go. That's a great question. So what I've noticed over working with people for the last five and a half years through all these challenges there's a few patterns to happiness that creates it. And you can be like, oh yeah, yeah, Tyler, like whatever the fuck you say. Well, listen to me. And if you think about it in your own life first, you'll notice it's true. I didn't make this shit up. I just saw it. And I was like, oh, I'm seeing the pattern everywhere I go. So there's a few approaches, but I'll tell you the main common denominator first. Okay. If you can think of a life, like even you, Sarah, if you can think of a life, or pardon me, a part of your life, a piece of your life that you will feel very, very happy in, which part of your life would you say, you know, between like, say, business, finance, relationship, like just whatever area of your life, which part of your life do you feel very happy in if you want it to be? Business. Show you guys. Business. Okay. And why do you feel happy in that area of your life called business? I think it's because that's my point where I feel the most confident. So what's funny is that I'm actually an introvert in real life very much an extrovert in business. I can do anything, talk to anybody, you know, I'm, I'm never nervous, but when it comes to my own personal life, I second guess everything I get in my head. It's like, I'm not clear and concise and confident the same way that I am um, with my business. Right. And so would you say that where you are in your business, the way the circumstances are in your business is kind of how you pictured it would be like how you, yeah, I think I actually think it's a bit better. Yes. Okay. That's perfect. I love where you just went there. Cause that's the next part I was going to say, I guide people through this. You're the first one who's done this. So for everyone listening, I want you to notice, I asked her where an area of her life is where she feels most happy. She said business. I asked her if it was, you know, kind of met the, the expectations of what she had. She said she, it exceeds that. And if you're not seeing, if you're only watching, uh, listening to the podcast, you didn't see the massive smile that was on her face when she said this happiness comes, there's literally a formula for this. Happiness comes when your life conditions, LC, that's what it stands for, right? LC, okay. life condition, when your life conditions equals your blueprint, BP. So when your life conditions equal your blueprint of how you kind of, your core expectations of how you thought it would be, you're fucking yeah. happy. Yeah, it's so true. And when, and when it exceeds it, again, she's smiling like crazy. When it exceeds it, you're over the fucking moon. 
I'm the same way by 26. I had my 26th birthday two days ago when I never thought that I'd be where I am in my business. And I, I thought where I am right here, I'd you know be 30 or whatever. So I'm yeah. over the fucking moon. Right. People ask me why I'm happy. I'm like, well, because most of the areas of my life, I'm surpassing where I thought I'd be. That equals mm-hmm. over the moon. If you look at people who are unhappy, we don't need to call it depressed or anxious at the moment, just like unhappy in general, whatever yeah. that means to them. I guarantee if I asked you, like even Sarah, like I'll ask you, where's an area of your life that you're not quite as happy in? We all have an area. Oh, Oh, time, your relationship. Honestly, my time, that's like the biggest thing that I'm working on right now. I actually just sent a message to my coach this morning about how my priorities had to shift. I had to drop some workouts this week and I've been feeling a lot more stressed just because there's a lot of things that I'm trying to finish before the end of the year. So it's like bigger projects than my regular time. And if you're an entrepreneur, you know how fucking hard it is to set up a solid schedule for yourself where you just feel like every week is consistent. And I guess that that that's like the biggest area that I felt like my life was lacking consistency in. And so now it's like, I'm getting so close to having it there, but I'm not there yet. And it's, it's hitting me. That's all I can say, because I am somebody who likes to have my shit in working order. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. And so, and that's so exactly it. Right. So that your life conditions in the area called time, which is by the way, that's an entire life, like an area of life itself. Like I, I tell people there's seven areas of life. That's one of the major ones that if we look at that right now, your life conditions in, in the area of your time does not meet kind of the expectations or the core hopes, wishes, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Of not even close. Exactly. So when your life conditions does not equal your blueprint or your expectations of how that it'd be. I use stressed and anxious over here. That's what that equals, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm using very nice words. So it's like happy. It sounds weird, but happiness comes from when your life conditions equal the way you thought it would be a very simple way to put it. And for anyone who's listening to the podcast and you thought about it, you realize that yourself. And I only know it's because working with so many, I don't even know how many fucking people at this point, but it's all the same thing. It's not a pattern I made up. It's just something I witnessed. Now, here's the other things, the other couple of quick things I wanted to say about happiness. There's a few different approaches to happiness in general outside of that, like that formula I gave, and they're not all sustainable. Number one is the Western way, you know, out in the Western way, it's what I call it, the rock star approach, which is like, give me everything and I will be happy. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which doesn't fucking work. <laughs> like, give me all the fucking dopamine, all the achievement. And then that's when I get the call from the person making fifty to $100,000 a month and she feels suicidal. Like, that's not going to make you fulfilled. Whatever you're after, you're after what you think it'll make you feel. And that's not going to work. It's just going to be the next thing and the next thing. So there's the Western approach. Okay. Then there's the Eastern approach, which is dropping all your fucking expectations of life completely. Therefore, oh, no life standards. is better than I Yeah. It's like, oh, life is better than I expect. Right. Which again, not sustainable because then you don't really have a quality life. Yeah. There's two other approaches. One is the flow state, which is, you know, when I help people get into peak performance, if they can't function in their job or whatever it is, I help them like turn them around like that in the same way as, you know, when people are feeling suicidal, turning them around, I get them, I show them how they can trigger a better state in a heartbeat. It doesn't take a few minutes, literally, literally takes seconds to be in a peak emotional state of like, let's do this, like happiness, euphoria, um, ecstasy, whatever it is, it takes seconds. But the reason I say this is because we've all had a moment where we're with our kids or we're in business or with our loved one, our spouse, where I don't know, in the middle of sex, it doesn't matter, but we're in a moment where just things are flowing through us, time disappears and we're loving it. It's like where the uh, the demands of the environment, whatever we're doing, meets 
our level of ability. We feel on top of the moon, on top of the world, whatever. But that's not lasting because we're not going to be in that state all the effing time. That's kind of yeah. more of a state that you go into to perform at your best to get the thing done. But then you kind of go back to like your water line, you know, your water level. That's just, that's just human. That's the biochemistry of a human being. The only thing that is sustainable, okay? So I give you the, the blueprint to happiness, the couple of approaches that the world has found. And then there's the only sustainable way, which is growth and giving beyond yourself. Because we feel most alive when we are growing emotionally, physically, financially, our relationship, our bit, like when we're improving, holy shit, we just feel like, yes, I'm going, this is amazing. We feel like we're, you know, we're, it could be 1% better each day, half a percent. But the second you start to feel your body improving at the gym or your health, your fitness, your fi- whatever's improving, you feel on top of the world. Mm-hmm. And Whenever we're giving with no, here's the keyword, no, no expectations in return. Yes. If I give to you, Sarah, and I, I, you know, I don't need stars on my chart. I don't need someone to say, "Add a boy, good boy." I don't need to put it on social media. If I give to you and it made like a meaningful difference, even in the smallest way to you, mm-hmm. that will stay with us, and we tr- truly feel happy and fulfilled. So, growing, oh, wow. yes, growing and giving is the only sustainable way to this happiness game. I like you are blowing my mind here. Okay. So there's a lot of really cool things that you touched on there. And when it comes to giving, it's really funny because I just did a podcast about accepting a damn compliment. And that in that I had said, it's important to accept gifts from other people too. When, because that actually hurts the person who's trying to give it to you when you don't accept it, because they are genuinely wanting to do it with no expectations, or they're wanting to do something nice for you. But we're programmed to assume that everybody has an expectation, which in turn makes that person receiving the gift feel bad and say, I can't accept this from you or feel like they need to give it back in return. But really at the end of the day, we are designed to help each other. We are designed to help each other level up, which is why, like when Tyler said that when you're feeling good, like that, like when you're growing and leveling up, that that is making you feel good. That's not just making you feel good. People feel that fucking shit off of you. And now they're feeling good. They're encouraged to level up. Like, so I really think that that is definitely the blueprint to happiness overall. And, you know, when we look at the different approaches, I think that this is really interesting because we are so greedy, you know what I mean? And that Western approach that you described is is that greedy side of us where it's like, we need more and more and more, like nothing makes us feel fulfilled. And you need to be able to be happy with what you have now, or else you will never find it. Because at the end of the day, there's a reason why people who are the poorest or who have lived some of the worst lives are way more fucking appreciative than any of the people who have had really good lives, you know, never really had a lot of struggles because they know what to hold on to and what to appreciate. Then you look at the Eastern approach and these guys are like, fuck it. I'm just going to drop all my standards altogether so that I can actually have a life that I enjoy because I'm never going to be let down because now I don't have any standards. And then when it goes back to the first approach that I find really interesting, and this goes back to Tyler asking me those questions is that like, in life, we have this idea of how it's going to go. And like, let's just, his, 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 uh, was that he was going to have his business by the time he was 30, rocked it out by 26, super successful, right? You look at me, it was the same thing. I wanted to be a personal trainer by the time I was 25. I wasn't just a personal trainer. I was owning my own business successfully, right? So that's where we found that happiness because it did very much exceed what our outlook was of what success was looking to us at that point. 
But what I find really interesting is then there are still going to be those moments where, you know, in your relationship, you expect it to look this way or your wedding day, you expected to look at this way and it doesn't turn out the way that you expected. And that's where now you are feeling like a failure, feeling like shit, right? Because you're not meeting that expectation and of what you thought life was going to be. So you just said so much. I had so much I had to say with that, but I had to let you finish. So I hope I gave you some good points back there. Absolutely. And oh my God, the the amount of things I wanted to touch on, even what you just said, but I picked one thing that way we could keep going forward. I picked one thing. I'm like, I'm going to say that. So Here's the other thing, and because I think this will give the most valuable, uh, pardon me, the most value in terms of what you just mentioned about growing. There is something tricky about navigating relationships while we're growing. Now, everyone on my Instagram, guys, I want you to hear this too, because this is so important. I had a really uh, like a four hour phone call with someone last night and I was saying this to her as well. And this is unbelievably painfully true. We all have a need, not a want, not a desire, not a value. We all have a need for significance. We have to feel important. Now, here's what's interesting. In your intimate relationships, okay, it is so easy for all of us coaches nowadays to be like, oh, you know, they don't fucking support you. We'll cut that shit off and move on. And you're, you're the best. Like, whoa, slow the fucking motor. When you think about it, like when you're growing and stuff and you're giving to people meaningful ways, what you said about how, you know, they vibe off of that energy and stuff. For a lot of people, that's true. But for some of our most intimate relationships, they're not always on the same page of wanting that growth. And they're not always ready for it at the same level of pace, whatever. And think about it. Our survival instinct as human beings is to feel like we're belonging, to feel like someone else has our back. They understand that's a survival instinct. Every other mammal on the earth doesn't have the same level of dependency on a human being. So we get into an intimate relationship. We are dependent on being the most significant thing in their life. Now watch what happens here. My body's on point. My finances are exploding. What do I want to do when Sarah, the first time, uh, the first thing you want to do when something exciting happens in your life, what's the first thing you want to do? Tell me. I want to go tell my husband. You want to go tell your husband. Now look at this. And I, how did I know you were going to say that? Cause I've been around the block, right? I'm human. So <laughs> You want to tell them now what happens, maybe not in your situation, because you guys are, from what I perceive, we're not going to go into it right now, but a very healthy relationship. But for most people, you go tell them and you're like, you know, oh my God, Sarah, oh my God, Lydia, whoever, you know, whoever your spouse is like, oh my God, this thing, I'm losing my fucking mind. So excited. And they go, babe, that's amazing. Whatever. And And then you keep going, keep going. And eventually there's a part of insecurity that might start to seep into them. If, 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 if. If you don't make them feel significant and you're just talking about you, 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 my excitement, my achievement, whatever, there's a And not about how your- this is leveling both of us up in our relationship because of my achievements. Is that correct? Yes. But so if you do that, this problem that I'm about to mention won't happen. And this is the point that a lot of people are confused about. So if I go up to you, if I go up to the person I'm with and I go, oh, my achievements, I'm so excited, yada, yada, yada. The sharing in me wants to like make you feel good and we'll be excited together and we'll keep leveling up. But if you, if I, in that moment, don't not compliment you, but if I don't make you feel significant while I'm leveling up, this is the key here. That person in their nature, not who they are, they're not a selfish person, but in their nature, they start to feel insignificant because of your achievements and the nature of human beings. I don't care how fucking good you are. You could be, your name could be Tyler. It could be Sarah. It could be motherfucking Teresa. There's a part of you that goes, I'm a little scared I'm going to lose this person. And so they pull back some of that. And that's where we tend to, uh, what we do next, we tend to be like, oh, well, you're ruining my one good feeling. And it's like, 
you have to understand you just went to them and talked about all of your achievements and you didn't make them feel special. So now they feel like you're there that you might leave them or you might go mm-hmm. get something better. Something is more important to you than them. So our, in our intimate relationships, anytime with me and my girl, like if I go up to her and I go like, um, you know, babe, this is so exciting, whatever immediately, immediately after I'm like, like, how are you doing? How's your day? And I want to, I want to like, see, how are you doing? And I don't make mm-hmm. it about me. I go, Oh my God, I just got off this client call. I did this amazing thing. I guarantee it to be the same thing after this interview. I'd be like, Oh my God, I had this amazing interview. I killed it. It was so yeah. much fun. Immediately. I don't even wait to hear what she says about that. I'd say, how was your day? Like, what are you up to? I want to know. And if she's feeling sad or whatever, you don't go, God damn it. You don't want to celebrate my win. No, no. Get on their level and mm-hmm. show them you care. 100%. Like it's, it makes me sick to see, and I'm not going to say their names. It's not appropriate, but there are some very well-known coaches who they're not like Tony Robbins level, but they're very high up in our space. And you and I, and probably everyone listening to them, listening to us right now knows who these people are and it's okay. Their style, their approach might be good for some people, but when we say, Oh, you know, um, they're not supporting you. Well, fuck them. Cut off any of the bullshit relationships that slow your progress down. No, whoa, slow your fucking motor. These people matter. You can't just cut off relationships like that because we're going to realize one thing you're going to start achieving 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 and one day you're going to turn around and be like man i don't feel that fulfilled with all the achievements i'm getting but the person who i just left loved me to death unconditionally i made them feel insignificant and now i've lost them yeah no absolutely right so make sure you're growing and making them feel significant with you and that's where the real growth like you said i wanted to mention that because it's super important to me I think relationships, the most important area of life, in my personal opinion. So mm-hmm. what you said, and the hardest, impressive. pardon, and the hardest, it's the and most the important and the hardest, right? Yes, It is the one area of life that can take us to our knees or great, give us the greatest highs. That's amazing. No. And I think that you gave us really good insight on that. And at the end of the day, we know that boundaries are hard period. Um, but I think that a lot of this and what you spoke of really just comes down to clear communication right? Because it's, that's, that's all it comes down to is either you need to bring it up or you need to talk to your spouse about it. So when it comes to, you know, anxiety and depression in a relationship, how do you see this affecting your client's relationships, not just with themselves, but with maybe their career, with their loved ones, with their family? What, what are you seeing? Oh, that's a loaded answer, but I love it. So I'm seeing, there's a few patterns here. Since I, I show people how we do our emotions, we sincerely, I'll say the three things really quick. I'm not going to go to rant about that, but I want us to just be clear because I know people are probably wondering, what do you mean we do our emotions, Tyler? By the way that we use our body, by the way that we focus on things and the language we use, it will immediately change your state. So with that said, I'm not going to go any further right now unless there's questions about it. But when we understand we are doing our emotions and we become addicted to this, here's the problem. Let's start with relationships. When let's say you're depressed or you're feeling super anxious, one of the two, we all have needs that we have to meet. And when our, when we want more attention from our spouse, because we feel like they're not making us feel as significant, as special, uh, you know, giving the attention they used to, we might actually develop a problem to unconsciously try to get their attention. But here's the problem now. Now that they're trying to help you out of that, they're sincerely like, hey, babe, like what's going on? Talk to me. They're trying to help you out of it. But now that that is meeting your needs, your brain links up. Wait a second. Having this problem of depression or anxiety actually gets me this. So unconsciously, we will, for only positive intentions, there's no malicious intent here. We're going to keep the problem. Now, here's the thing. 
your spouse is going to feel like they can't win. They can't make you happy. They don't know what the fuck to do. So they're going to go into a pattern, which I call a crazy eight. Just so people understand, this is what most people call bipolar. They're going to get super angry because they feel out of control. They don't know how to do this. So they feel super out of control, super uncertain. They don't know what to do. But eventually, you know, after blowing up, they feel really guilty either because they hurt you, not physically, but they just upset you, um, made you feel misunderstood, or they just feel bad because like, that's not who I am. I really do love them. So now they get hard on themselves and they get depressed. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. God damn it. I'm not that kind of person. After a while, they're like, God damn it. I know I got to change that. And then they get angry again and they keep going back and forth. And if they can't figure out how to make this relationship work, how to make you happy, who's feeling depressed or anxious, if they can't figure out how to do that, they have to break out and go to somewhere where they know how to win and feel good because they just can't get it here with you. Mm. So they'll go to work or they'll go to their kids and create an addiction there because they're just looking to feel like they actually can make an impact and have control somewhere, not control in a bad way, but so that's the part of the relationships. (laughs) So you're going to create damage in your relationships, believe it or not. So we really have to take responsibility for what's going on in our own emotional experience. Um, And then for our work, it's just, we might become addicted to our work because it's somewhere we actually feel like, you know, it's meeting our blueprint. That's how I thought it would be. Or for some people, it might be like, um, it's one place I can feel happy. Or maybe for some people, they seem to not be able to function because they're even more depressed with it when they go to work because it's what they hate. Yeah. So it really all depends um, from person to person. For but sure. the pattern, when we get into a pattern, because that's all it is, that's why I keep using that word, of feeling depressed or anxious, it has like a ripple effect on the rest of our life. And it ru- starts to ruin our life. So the one thing I would say is we need to understand what are we doing that is creating this. And I'm so excited that you brought me on here because I just, I care so much about people, but I do think simultaneously that the mental health industry is turning in a direction that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yes. Making it all about biological problems. And I'm like, this is a thought process. This is something we have that much control over. Why do you think, this is a rhetorical question, but like, why do you think there's people such as Tony Robbins, Chloe Madonna's, Milton Erickson, uh, Richard Bandler, Virginia Satir, all these therapists, all these coaches, you and I all these people who are actually doing things to help people get results like this out of their depression, anxiety, but no one's going in that direction. Why? Because somebody once said, if you tell a big enough lie loud enough and for long enough, eventually people will believe you. Hitler said that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so when we have a billion, like a multi-billion dollar company telling us all the time and how, you know, your brain is broken. And guys, I work with people right now who have actual like not brain disorders, like brain, uh, brain damage. And they're still like, they're still learning how to feel completely good from their depression or anxiety. So it, to answer your question much more directly after that rant, it fucks up all areas of our life and we absolutely have control over it. And even let's say, let's say an antidepressant, which I don't agree with for any circumstance, but just, just let's pretend an antidepressant or, you know, your spouse or something else does actually help you to feel sustainably better. It wasn't them. You blamed that. You're like, oh, it was my spells that helped. It was my mm-hmm. therapist. It was my coach, Tyler. He's so handsome and amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, whatever it was. No, they were your excuse to feel better. We totally. gave you away, but you actually did it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. We're so accountable for, for literally like everything in our life, our emotions, the way that we're thinking. Like I hear you 100% on that. And, you know, to go along with the, the medication side of things, like, 
I, I am on the exact same page as you, but I think that if we are prescribing medications to people that are strong enough to put them into psychosis, that we should be having weekly like psychiatrist check-ins with the people that are on the medication. And it doesn't mean that it needs to be in the office. Now we have, you know, video calls. It can be a call in whatever, but this stuff needs to be regulated because of the fact that it's not actually changing the pattern of thinking in your head. And it's solely just masking the problem in and of itself. And you're not actually getting any growth from it. You're going to have to take this medication for the rest of your life. You need to make sure that these people are monitored appropriately because there are a lot of serious, serious side effects with this medication and having people in my life that I've almost lost because of it is why I'm so passionate about this topic. And until you see somebody so low at that point and you see some negative effects, like what can happen with this medication, you will become passionate about it too, especially knowing that it comes down to us no matter what, right? Like that's that's just the final answer. So but when it comes, I got... Another question here for you, Tyler, because you just keep saying that this is a pattern, a pattern. That means that we have lots of different patterns in our life, right? And create lots of different things. So would you say that anxiety and depression is one of the most dangerous patterns that we can create slash hold on to as our identity? Or are there other patterns out there that you would kind of warn us of more so? So it depends which direction you want to go with this. Um, only because I have a background, not in psychiatry, but because I was trained from a, ther- a family therapist where we've dealt with, I'm just going to say these, you guys want to hear explicit. We're about to hear fucking explicit. So if you don't, I got three seconds for you to get off. One, two, three. All right, you're in. There are pat- like every everything in life is pattern, every single thing. And so I've dealt with people who are going through incest. I've dealt with people who are going through physical abuse people who've gone through tragedies like rape, trauma, like just literally everything. So we could talk about, you know, our habits to success during the day. That could be a pattern that could, you know, be bad for you if you're not in the right, you know, patterns of habit to create success. Or we could go down the road of, you know, the patterns of thought, beliefs and stuff that are keeping you in abusive. So it depends. But what I will say is that for the modern world of right now, at the time of this recording of 2021 in December with, um, you know, COVID and all the stresses and uncertainties, Depression and anxiety are a very, very, very high one. And it seems like it's been one that's been on the rise for like the last 10 years. My um, my best encouragement for people who are going through this, well, first of all, to answer your question more directly, yes, I think this is the like the biggest, most common pattern people need to be aware of, because I'm just gonna be honest and say this out loud. Most people don't just fall into abuse or fall into incest, like the crazy, the really like up there challenges that we're trying to resolve. People don't just like fall into that and get like addicted to that. But depression and anxiety are things that are very, very much culturally accepted as this problem that we can't resolve. So this, yes, is the most dangerous um, pattern. And I will say it's not for the reason that most people expect. When somebody is feeling super depressed, like a 10 out of 10, they're like, they don't know what to do anymore. They're losing their mind. Like it's like that, or, you know, it's panic attacks, anxiety attacks to the point of, you know, almost being hospitalized. Like these are dangerous patterns for more than just your own health and your own relationships and stuff like that but for the people around you too most people are not going to agree with this but i i think we've noticed i don't really give a shit i just like the truth being being heard i agree and, yeah and this this is why you're awesome this is why we get along people if if i love you and you're feeling depressed at a level 10 out of 10 and i'm doing everything to fucking help you but i can't i kind of mentioned this earlier 
you're going to denigrate the quality of your relationships really quickly for more than just passion. I mean, if you're depressed, the passion's gone immediately because in order to have passion in your relationships, first of all, you have to be a sturdy person who doesn't need taken care of. That's how that works. Right. So anyone listening right now, who's say a woman, nobody likes a man who needs to be taken care of. There's no, there's no passion in that. That's just how that works. It ain't sexy. And so, and the same thing goes for a man. Like if he has, if he feels he has to take care of a woman, there's a difference between like, I want to provide for her to light her up and I need to take care of her. There's a, there's a difference there. So when we're feeling depressed and anxious, that is a vibe of, I need to take care of my partner, which means number one, passion's gone immediately. Number two, if I, for like years now or months now, weeks now, feel like I can't do anything to make you happy, to just make you feel better, but I can't leave your ass because if I try to leave because I'm sick of your shit or I'm, I can't make a difference and I feel like a useless man or useless husband, useless wife, whatever the, whatever the situation is, and I decide I'm going to leave, you could easily say, well, Tyler, of course you never cared. I'm mm-hmm. going through this and you don't even want to be here for... So we're so attached and we're now ruining the quality of their lives. Mm-hmm. So between our health, our own emotions, which is really important too, but also just the quality of our relationships and, you know, not having that burden on that. Like there's so much here that if we don't become aware that we really honestly, guys, fuck everyone listening to you right now. I've never met you, but I love you to death and I don't want to see you suffer. If you can realize you have so much control of not only just shifting your state for the moment, but long-term mm-hmm. you guys can change the quality of your lives in a heartbeat. And I mean, forever, because one thing you wanted to say when you said, you know, um, how, you know, our, um, our medications like that, they're not changing the way we're processing life. I tell people all the time, there's three questions we're always asking ourselves. So even if you're on antidepressants, it's not going to change this pattern. You have to change the pattern yourself and then you don't even need them anyway, which is number one, what are you going to focus on? right? The problem of the solution, the past, the present, the future, what you have control of, what you don't, you know, there's patterns of that. Immediately when you have something you're focused on, the brain asks, what am I, uh, what does this mean? And if you don't create empowering meanings, you're going to feel depressed all the time. Mm-hmm. You're always going to come up with a meaning that puts you in that state. Therefore, the third question of what am I going to do becomes, oh, I'm just going to sit here and sulk. I'm not going to take action. And then the quality of your life gets worse. So antidepressants is not going to help that. Because you're still asking the same stupid questions, creating the same meanings, and doing the same stupid things to create negative results. Mm-hmm. So I know I keep going on these like in-depth, fast rants, but it's just there's so much here that we're not being taught, and I'm so yeah. so tired of it. Yeah. Well, and I like you brought up something really important. So Tyler said that he loves everybody on this podcast, even though he doesn't know you, and that is the same for me. And I think that that's a genuine human quality that has been lost and people just can't fathom the thought that people care about people that they don't know and that they love them and that they genuinely want the best for everybody. You know what I mean? Like it's, and and it is a really normal human quality to have. So if you feel weird about that, it's actually quite (laughs) normal. If you feel that all the time, good for you. That means that you're speaking from your heart. Okay. So I just wanted to say that there now, You've given us so, so much great information. And I want to close this off with one question as to when it comes to anxiety and depression, how do we fix this? What would you give as advice to anybody listening who is currently dealing with anxiety, currently dealing with depression, or has gone through it in the past? And, you know, we just never know where the future is going to take us. Okay. Trying to narrow this down to one thing. They all kind of have similar like patterns in them, but 
the common denominator is you have to be aware of these three patterns. Number one, if you're actually dep depressed right now or anxious and you're not generalizing, like you're happy and you're dancing around, you're having a good time and you're calling yourself depressed, I'm sorry, you in that moment are not. There is a pattern you have to do with your body, what you're focused on and your language to create an emotion. Now, what I would say, and I, I tell this to all my clients, so you guys want like actual one-on-one -on -one advice right now, this is what I'm going to tell you I do with them. I would track your shit. I would write down, okay, for the next week, what time is it when I feel depressed? Let's just use depressed, but you can do this for anxiety too. When I feel depressed at the, at like the, the height of it, like the top of it, at the peak of it, there we go. That's the word I was looking for. What time of day is it? Where am I specifically? Am I in my house? Am I at work? Am I with my spouse? Like who is around me? Where am I? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And then track these three patterns. What am I doing with my body and get fucking specific? Am I sitting? Am I tense up with my muscles? Am I fidgeting with my hands? Am I, you know, are my shoulders, you know, over and they droop? Am I breathing shallow? Like, what are you doing specifically? Not, oh, I'm, I don't know, I'm moving my arms. No, 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 like get specific. What are you doing with your focus? Now, what I mean by that is people don't realize that when they're, when they're going throughout their day, they're actually picturing things. Like I'm actually picturing things in my, he my head that I'm going to say before I'm saying them or even right now. I'm picturing the pictures and I'm describing them to you as I go. So you're actually picturing things in your mind that make you feel crummy, right? The next thing is, what are you saying to yourself? We control the quality of the biochemistry going through us by the questions we ask ourselves. And if you ask yourself, man, why don't people like me? Or do they like me? Am I pleasing them enough? Like, is, is this going to make them happy? Am I, you know, why can I never get, lose the weight? Why can I, it's going to direct your focus and your brain has to come up with an answer. So if you're like, why can I never lose the weight? Your brain's going to go, because you're a fucking pig. I don't know. Like it's got to answer the question. It's a computer. That's actually mm -hmm. how computers are made from the way we think. So be aware of these patterns. What are you doing with your body? What are you doing with your focus in your, like in your mind? What are you thinking about? What are you picturing? What are you remembering? Lastly, what are you saying to yourself? If you can find those three patterns, this would be the advice. Cause you're going to notice the pattern. Here's what I would say. Do something physical, anything. And I don't mean you have to get a gym membership. I don't actually mean, I mean like do the fucking chicken dance. Mm -hmm. Go pick your nose and make a silly. I mean, just anything because you'll notice the second I'm going to do this right now because I don't give a shit. And I want to add you know, value to everybody. If I'm anxious right now and I shove both my fingers up my nose and I make a really silly voice. And, yeah. Sarah's laughing her ass off. And so was I. You can't do something like that and feel depressed. You're like, Tyler, that doesn't change my whole life. I'm still going to go back to it. Yeah. But you're going to notice that you have control because you switched it that fast, which means you can also do that long term. So for I actually, guys, that's where I'd start. <laughs> wow. Okay. Cause I learned a long time ago that if you laugh in a moment, when you are feeling negative, you actually change the chemical makeup of your brain so that it's easier next time for you to be able to not come victim to that negative emotion and to be able to flip to happy. So just like what you're saying there, you need to make sure that you are self-aware guys. If you want to know the answer to success, the answer to happiness, it is becoming self-aware because we seriously just do life day to day. And Tyler's um, answer might sound super easy, but you'd be shocked at what you're about to find out if you follow those steps. Because like I said, we are so used to our day-to-day -day motions that we don't put a lot of thought into what we do or why we're feeling what we're feeling. And simply paying attention to those patterns is going to allow us so much insight into what we're going through, how we can change it. And I just think that that was so, so valuable. So I'm so excited um, that you were able to give us all of these amazing, amazing <laughs> tools. Okay. Cause you 
provided info, you provided tips, like, and you even shoved your fingers up your nose, like holla. (laughs) So all I can say is you are one of a kind. You are helping so many people in your industry. And, you know, I can feel your love from a country away. So all I can say is Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I know that we all want to wish you a very happy belated birthday because you had mentioned that it was your birthday a couple of days ago too. So when it comes to everybody listening and them obviously wanting to reach out to you for some life coaching, where can they reach you? Where can they follow along with your content? I want to hear it all. So I'm most active now on my Instagram. So that'll be at the Y guy tie. It's, it's the same way that it sounds um, or on my Facebook at Tyler Charlebois. But before we close off, there's one other thing I wanted to say. Yeah. People ask me sometimes how, like, if you were to be genuinely ang- like Sarah, if you were to be genuinely angry at me, I would usually go to like laughter or I think it's funny or humorous or something like that. And people always ask me, how are you that positive with something is going on? I'm not doing that consciously. It's something like what Sarah just mentioned. This is why it came into my head. It's something about what you just mentioned about when you start breaking that pattern, it's harder for you to go there because of what's going on in your brain. You're actually breaking the pattern. Once you've done that, which is by the way, what I meant about like the, the fingers going up the nose and stuff, all you're doing is you're breaking the neural pathway that leads to you feeling like depressed or anxious. You're breaking the pattern, which means it's harder to go there. Amazing. Once you've done that, you can change the stimulus response of something. So someone used to get angry at you and you used to go <gasps> and get anxious and whatever. You can literally make it once the pattern's broken. You can literally make it so that, that same stimulus of them being angry at you genuinely makes you laugh. Like that's not a fake response. Like your, your nervous system naturally just responds that way. To you that. Right. Yeah. So I just want to close off with that. And if you guys want to understand more, definitely just DM me or whatever. I don't want Absolutely. to go on for six hours with you and I totally could. <laughs> yes. um, Instagram at the Y guy tie or um, on Facebook at Tyler Charlebois. Beautiful. That is fantastic. Well, thank you so much again, Tyler. I will tag his Instagram down in the notes and you guys make sure to go check out his page. Okay. So thank you guys so much again for tuning in and I will check you next fucking Monday. And that's another honest episode dropped. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Naked in Truth, where we come together every Monday morning to set the week off with intention. Don't forget to head over to our Instagram page at Naked in Truth Podcast to stay up to date on future episodes, guest speakers, and other kick-ass info that can help you continue to create your impact. And you know that reviews are so valuable when it comes to building a community of like-minded people. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, please drop some love on Apple Podcast Reviews and share this episode with someone who you think needs it. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in to today's episode. I'll catch you next Monday. And don't forget, love always wins.